0: There is hope after a lifetime of patriarchal and spiritual abuse. Next on Polygamy, What Love Is This?
1: Hi, and welcome to this audio edition of Polygamy, What Love Is This? with host Doris Hanson. On this program, we discuss polygamy and Mormon fundamentalism from a biblical Christian perspective. We talk about the history of polygamy, its modern-day fruit, share stories from people who have escaped polygamy, and talk about current events related to polygamy. You can learn more about the video edition of this program at whatloveisthis.tv. And now, here's Doris.
0: Some time ago, uh, someone posted on a social media page that had been created specifically for people from a certain polygamy group, a suggestion for a book that would help females who had been abused by patriarchy to heal and move forward with their lives. Now, of course, always on the lookout for resources that we can use in our ministry and on this show. I purchased the book and read it to discover if it had any valuable information for. Uh, female escapees of polygamy. And it did. In (laughs) fact, some of the information is priceless. However, it was not written specifically for refugees from polygamy, but that doesn't take away from the specific portions of the book that speaks to survivors of female patriarchy abuse and polygamy groups are particularly guilty of a male-centered religion. Unfortunately, it isn't only polygamists who hold unauthorized patriarchal authority over females. Many religions do. They will misuse or misunderstand certain biblical texts and force patriarchy on their members. But our focus is on the survivors of Mormonism and Mormon polygamy and their patriarchal philosophy. (laughs) This book is entitled Quivering Daughters, and it holds hope and healing for the daughters of any patriarchal system. It was written by Hillary McFarland, published by Darklight Press in Dallas. In the foreword, the author speaks to those who have suffered at the hands of people who have distorted the true loving nature of God. Because of that suffering, their perception of God is that He is wrathful and often disappointed with them. The book is written that it might help transform their understanding to know God's true loving nature. She Reminds the reader that it is the truth that sets us free. Absolutely. And that's the beauty of it. So we want to begin with this
1: quote Many abherent, aberrant groups and cults compel followers to forsake family, interrupting this natural and significant expression of God's protection and love. Yet some groups encourage forsaking nearly everything but family.
0: Now, I think it's odd that polygamy groups and Mormonism itself are guilty of both tactics here. Because if you belong to their membership, family is everything. But if you choose to believe differently than they do, then family will shun you and reject you. Very true. Many families in certain religious movements, of course, will misuse the Bible to create their own strange practice of authoritarianism, which elevates male authority to a high and very dangerous level. Under the religious authoritarianism of polygamy groups, they establish who is in control and that person has the final say, total submission is demanded, and punishment of some kind follows a hint of disobedience." We quote from the book, excuse
1: me. Authoritarianism goes beyond healthy, positive discipline and demands absolute submission. From a biblical viewpoint, human authority is to be respected. Yet, when the religious rulers were wrong, Peter and John disobeyed them. At some level, parents must become, for the child, models of humility instead of models of sovereignty. Parental over-identification with God's authority confuses the child, who eventually witnesses the parent's imperfect and sinful humanity. Real child abuse is the misuse or overuse of authority.
0: And that describes polygamy groups. They're guilty of exerting authoritarian control over their members and especially over their female members. Many religious homes insist upon total surrender to the headship of the father in the home. He alone can mediate God's word and will to the family members, even to his wife, and that is patriarchy. These kinds of domestic situations rarely... Enjoy true freedom of speech or free exchange of ideas and opinions.
1: Another quote. And this is loosely based on the verse, honor your father and mother. However, parental honor is not determined by one's living quarters or even by obedience. Since women supposedly cannot hear from God apart from their fathers or husbands, this teaching continues to confuse father-centeredness with Christ-centeredness.
0: That's easy to do in these kinds of homes. There is danger in placing our faith in men's principles and teachings. It is the Lord who gives wisdom for our lives, and he does not show male-female favoritism, being over-led or over-controlled is a sure sign of a non-biblical, even cultish belief system and serves to feed into the power trip and the ego of those who lead the groups. And virtually every one of those groups are male Male leaders. leaders. Now Jesus taught His disciples, His male disciples, a humble submissive and servant leadership that focuses on relationship, protection, and service rather than on who gets the final word or who obeys whom. Authoritarianism and isolationism generally come hand-in-hand, which actually describes many different cults, but is a true ringer regarding polygamy groups. Unfortunately, children and females suffer the most under this kind of over control. Another quote.
1: The yoke of Christ is easy and his burden is light. That's from Matthew eleven, twenty eight and thirty. Authoritarianism and isolationism create an environment that is heavy and burdensome
0: so it can't be from god Can't
1: be from god the
0: sad part of authoritarianism mistreatment is that they trust leadership to provide safety and protection rather than trusting it all to jesus who already died to save those who will believe and receive his invitation authoritarianism is a man who takes the power in authentic christianity god has the power. And and any man who claims to have God's power in an authoritarian, cruel, and controlling manner, even in his own family, demanding unquestioning obedience is not acting within God-given guidance. They use contrived methods which often leave emotional scars that are many times never healed, maybe even never identified. God has made it clear the only mediator Between him and humans is Jesus Christ. No man has the right to mediate to females what only Jesus Christ has the authority to do, and that includes husbands and fathers. They should be spiritual examples and guides, yes, but not mediators in God's place. Too many females have suffered under this kind of patriarchal control, And our concern is those who have been hurt and abused and emotionally ripped to shred, (laughs) shamed and silenced within the religious system of Mormon polygamy. They have been told their voices or preferences don't matter or are of very little concern. Now, there are countless girls and women who escape the confines of a polygamy group who hate God. They detest religion. Uh, They reject the Bible. They run away from any hint of religious authority simply because they've been so badly burned by it. But what they were taught was a lie. We want them to know, and this book is written to them so they can know that it wasn't God who did this to them. It was a misled control freak. The person uh, can, uh, can often be an actual sadist, loving the harmful control that they have over those who are weaker than he is. Some of them actually enjoy inflicting pain on others. But if this has happened to you, there is hope. There is healing. There is a true loving God who cares very deeply for those who have been injured in this way. But He never forces Himself into anyone's life. You must invite Him. Jesus said this.
1: Luke chapter 4, 18 and 19. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because He has anointed me to preach good news to the poor He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind to release the oppressed. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor.
0: Now, great. Yeah, That's so awesome. And, and to release the oppressed, of course, that describes uh, polygamy group members. Many parents in religious groups will seek ways to raise and protect their children, and in the process, will often refer to biblical principles. But unfortunately, some parents see patriarchy as the only way God has chosen in which to raise a family. The author of this book calls it neo patriarchy. Sadly, they use God as a a cruel tool of force they undermine his love they will sometimes paint God as being a very angry vindictive celestial policeman and you better watch out or he'll get you that's <laughs> the God I was raised on they stress obedience to the male head of the family because they say that's what God wants
1: you yeah, know from page 44 of her book Adherents believe that God has given fathers a calling that encompasses the entire family (laughs) and that others in the family are there to support and maintain that calling as they have no calling of their own apart from his, which means that the father is central to all things in the home.
0: It's amazing how many homes will be will have yeah. this sense of um, of administration. So they believe that the father represents the wife and the children to God, and he alone represents God to his wife and children. But this has no biblical basis. In fact, the opposite is true because there is no valid mediator between humans and God except Jesus Christ. And we've we've put that verse on the screen a lot. It's in 1 Timothy 2, 5. And the father of the household himself. Uh, actually is in probably in more in need of Jesus' mediation uh, than the rest of the family needs it. In fact, a family centered on patriarchy focuses the attention on their mistakes, on their shortcomings, and on their failures of the children, which makes it more difficult for them to be at peace or be yeah. comfortable uh, with their parents. Absolute authority has the strong potential to abuse. And this book details many such patriarchal abuses to females, but it goes further than that because it offers healing and and hope to abuse females. And that's why it's called quivering daughters, daughters who have been abused, women who have been abused by patriarchy. Mm. Of course, God wants us to obey authority, especially His, but godly obedience is not blind obedience. And godly obedience is out of love for God rather than fear of retribution. Obeying without question has never been God's rule. In fact, we find numerous biblical examples of God's servants questioning Him before and after He has given that command. Think of Moses. Do you think of the things (laughs) Moses questioned God about and Joshua and some of these others? Abraham. God never said to obey without question. Jesus' disciples questioned Him constantly, as did many seekers and other followers. He didn't rebuke them. But he did rebuke the religious men who demanded authoritarian control over the people.
1: This is really good. From page 58, Carolyn is in her (coughs) mid-30s and recently married. She explains the difficulty she faced trying to listen to the Lord while growing up in her childhood home. They told me I was deceived because I am a woman, that God would only speak to me through Dad. Dad said, you cannot be led by God yourself. Dad even said I would never be his equal before God. When he said that, I tried to leave the room, but Mom grabbed me and tried to physically force me to stay. Over the next 4 months, they refused to hug me. They withheld love, told me I was making people in my family sick.
0: Isn't that awful. <laughs> <That's terrible. clears throat> this kind of treatment not only alienates the daughters from a loving relationship with their parents, but it also cripples a direct relationship with God. Their theology is father-centered rather than God-centered and can result in spiritual abuse. We read on page 62 of how Jesus interacted with females.
1: Jesus never got angry with women. Jesus corrected five women. They were definitely not rebuked as some have alleged, Jesus only rebuked the wind, sea, demons, unclean spirits, fever, and men. Jesus was more severe with his male dis- disciples than anyone else. He rebuked the 11 male disciples for not believing the woman's testimony in Mark 16:14. However, Jesus never rebuked women.
0: He treated him with TLC. Yet patriarchal religions like Mormon polygamy groups treat women harshly, critically, cruelly, and usually as second-class citizens, making them think that they are loved less by God just because they're females, like that woman said. The author brings out the story in Matthew chapter 9 of the woman who had suffered with the flow of blood for 12 years, and upon seeing Jesus, she decided to just touch his garment, believing she would be
1: healed. We quote. Page 64. Imagine this woman's fear, yet also the desperation that drove her to grasp the hem of his robe. Twelve years of agony drove her to seek a new way, the narrow way of life that few find.
0: And she touched him. she She went up and touched him. And when Jesus realized what had happened, He didn't rebuke her. Instead, after identifying who she was, he said, be of good cheer. Your faith has made you well. (laughs) And she was healed from that very moment. This woman needed no father or husband to mediate her approach to Jesus, despite the treatment that life handed to her. One light touch of Jesus and she was healed. And despite the treatment and ravages that polygamy may have left upon your heart and soul and memory, just one touch of Jesus and you also can be healed, I know this is true because it happened to me. Notice what Jesus said, your faith has healed you. It was her faith in the truth, not in her patriarchal head, not faith in her religion, but her faith in the power and the person of Jesus Christ alone. The object of our faith determines the power of our healing, and Jesus has all power.
1: It is this Jesus who wants to heal and restore the womanhood that has been so convoluted for us. While others may argue over roles and definitions, may we instead be like Mary, the the sister of Martha, who sat at the feet of Jesus, drank in his words, and discovered a better way.
0: And believe me, that is a much better way. And I know that for 25 years after I ran away from my patriarchal polygamous home, I wanted nothing to do with God or religion simply because it had been so abusive to me. Mm. I didn't know then that I had been taught up or brought up and been taught lies from hell because that's what they were and I'd had enough abusive religious teachings that I wouldn't take the risk of researching to discover that I had been lied to.
1: But you thought you were going to hell.
0: And I thought I was going to hell because because I thought it was the truth. right? But now I know because Jesus sought after me, he found this lost sheep and he picked me up and he carried me into his family. And now I wish I had known during all those years the truth and the simplicity of God's loving care and unconditional love for all those who will trust him completely. Fear-based religions abound all over the world. Uh, They're not hard to find. (laughs) Mormonism is a fear-based religion. Polygamy is a fear-mongering religion. Fear grows and builds mountains, but faith will move mountains.
1: She says, the overwhelming emphasis on fear-based control within religious families affects every part of life. When someone seeks to affect behavior apart from God, controlling the mind is the most effective method for coercing change. For example, if someone can make you think a certain activity is ungodly, then a woman seeking seeking godliness would naturally refrain from this activity. But this can be dangerous when it's based on extra-biblical applications and gravely increases the potential for spiritual and psychological abuse.
0: And that's the coercion that goes yeah. on. It just yeah. messes with your minds, and indeed it is, it is brainwashing. It is mind control. It is. Totally. This authoritarianism and coercion, debilitating control, do not have a place in a truly biblical or godly home. Now, our earthly parents, and especially our fathers, and our religious leaders are supposed to be like shepherds, feeding and protecting and guiding and strengthening us and giving us rest. Sadly, the quivering daughters have experienced deprivation, emotional and physical abuse, rather than a father who loves them unconditionally, ministering God's love and grace to them. Now I don't know how (laughs) how you coming from your background how you experienced any of this being a male you know it would be difficult to know but but um, I know that the Mormon the the umbrella is patriarchy
1: well yeah and I know I counseled many people who were having many women who were having trouble with their patriarchal husbands who were lording it over them yeah. making all the decisions telling them, really making them feel like they really were second class in the home mm-hmm. and uh, and they often were abusive or at least somewhat abusive to their children and the wife would just have to stand by and, and observe that yeah and they can't and intervene they didn't really didn't and no respect i mean the, yeah. the men hold the priesthood they're the uh, usually the ones that have been on missions mm-hmm. they're the ones that usually hold leadership callings and they're expected to be, and it is kind of an ego trip.
0: It is, and and, it's, and in polygamy homes too, the man, especially if the man is abusive to the children, yeah. or the or, or to the other wives, yeah, the, the, the the woman or the mother can't intervene because he's the man. He yeah. and and if, if she's actually at risk, if she tries to intervene. Uh, with the kids. So it it is a hard, very difficult thing. Um, And so we we just want the quivering daughters that this book refers to. We want you to know that God doesn't do this. He wants to minister love and grace to you. You uh, who have escaped this authoritarianism of the polygamy group, or maybe you want to, you do need to know that abuses May have been made in God's name, but Jesus never condones or commands such behavior. As the author wrote on page 80, and I quote, We must retrain our minds to understand truth when we have been scarred by lies. And that is so true. Yeah. Uh, so we urge escapees and refugees, the quivering daughters who have survived upbringing and polygamy, to find refuge in Jesus. You can start by reading this book. It offers many, many stories and examples of the quivering daughters who have successfully escaped religious patriarchy and have found the love and the comfort and the rescue of Jesus Christ, who is, by the way, the Savior. (laughs) He is the one who saves us, not your patriarch. On page 88, one woman defined her home life that was based on patriarchy. We quote.
1: And it's so true. Nothing was safe. Cruel and unusual punishment was around the corner of of every least infraction or accident. We just learned to shut up, behave, keep everything inside, and stay in line.
0: And you know, when I read that, it, it just hit me because that is so purpose, so precisely of how my home life was, home life? so described of how my home was. Every least infraction, I was afraid that my dad was going to come around the corner and start hitting on me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even just as an assumed infraction, they didn't have to have proof, just thinking that maybe I mm-hmm. was out of line. A religious system that is not based on God's truth cannot allow questions from its members. Questions and dissent, uh, even open discussions about issues is turned around so that the person who questions becomes the problem rather than the issue that he wants to talk about. Mm -hmm. And that echoes Mormonism from start to finish. The Bible teaches us that our value is from God, not from worthiness or religious works or, uh, or polygamy. Our value to God is the only opinion that counts. He has chosen to save humans by His grace not by religious works or worthiness, and there is no grace in a perfectionistic religious system. To them it's performance that matters, not grace. On page 109 she writes that reputation or what other other people think is not what's
1: important. (laughs) It is a grave disservice to the heart, soul, body, and spirit of a woman when the truth of her own pain is not as important as the reputation of those who inflict it.
0: Isn't that something? Yeah, that's so true. Jesus is not manipulative. His love cannot be earned. He is king of freedom and 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 he does not demand perfection or else nor does he ever withhold his love because of our sins or failures to you know what jesus's love is like we need to start with Jesus himself because he has revealed himself in the bible Jesus has given us free access to come to him i actually don't understand how anyone can refuse such a simple invitation as this
1: yeah, matthew chapter 11 28 through 30. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light.
0: Isn't that nice? It's It's one of my favorite, if not my favorite verses, at least one of my favorite verses in the Bible. And if your burden is not easy and your (laughs) yoke not light, you're in the wrong place because Jesus promises that He will take it from you if you will just come to Him and trust Him. And He will also heal that inner part that has been so damaged. And this invitation is to all the quivering daughters of patriarchy. Those whose bodies, minds, and souls have been misused and abused through false teachings about God, false requirements to earn God's favor, and who all their lives have been, lives have been taught the lie that they are less valuable in God's eyes just because they are female. We urge you to seek God's truth. He promises that if you seek Him in truth, He will be found by you and He won't abuse you. And finally, we have this.
1: As you step into the new way, the unknown, <clears throat> the way you do not know, which leads to life, know without a doubt that Jesus looks at you with love in His eyes and says, "Come, come, rest, have courage, take heart, daughter. Your faith has made you well." Nice
0: and He and will nice. do that. And He will do that. I know. I, he did that to me, and I carried a lot for twenty-five years. Mm-hmm. I carried that burden, that heavy burden. Um, that had been pounded into me all my life until I got away and never got rid of it until Jesus Christ healed me. And if we can help you, however we can help, no matter what it is, uh, we will be happy to be of assistance to you. Just contact us. Uh, we're available by email. You can email us at email at T V and we would be pleased to help any way that we possibly can.
1: You know, one thing that... It- It's really a a lack of understanding of what grace is. Yes, it is. Isn't it? Uh Uh-huh. Because polygamists and others are earning their way through this process rather than understanding what Jesus has already done. Right. Right. And they're missing that concept of grace where we rest in Christ, not trying to earn our not way because we it. aren't perfect. And we're not earning we're grace sinners. either.
0: They they even think it's that they have given. to earn grace, yeah. but they can't do that either. It's given to us. Yeah, it's given to us. Thanks again, Earl. You I bet appreciate your us. help. You bet. You know, someone once said that the greatest Christian is the greatest receiver. We receive God's grace through faith. It's God's gift to the believer. We receive forgiveness of sins because Jesus died for them. We receive Christ's wisdom and we receive his unconditional love, a love that never, ever changes towards us. We receive the righteousness of Jesus Christ's perfect life when we trust him for eternal life. Only those who will receive Jesus Christ as the only way to glory will receive eternal life as a gift. There are many who will not receive these free gifts but would rather work for them or earn them. And like we just said, that's not grace. In the end, they will receive nothing. God's grace is a gift. Trying to earn His gift automatically disqualifies you. So take the gift He offers and just say, Thank you, Lord, for your indescribable gift.